0: Welcome to today's episode of We Were Just Thinking. I'm Melena. And I'm Shaylin, And we're here to rant, be better, tell you what we're into, think, show gratitude, and send you off with a thought to ponder.
1: This is only our second episode, and we appreciate the feedback from last time. If you heard us then, thanks for coming back. If you're new, thank you for tuning in. We like to start with a rant to get some feelings out I'm sure many of us can relate to,
0: then work up to solutions later on in the episode. Sounds good. First up in our rant today for me is diet trashing. It seems almost every time you look online these days, there's some sort of trainer or celebrity that's fighting over which diet is healthy or the most successful and whether or not it's safe. Um, If you have health issues, obviously choose your diet with the help of a trained professional, um, whatever that looks like for you. But our body is also a great guide. So if you're trying something and it doesn't like it, it's going to let you know, but it's only valuable if you listen to it. Eating well, exercising, working on mental health, and self-care routines are part of a healthy life. Balance is different for each of us, and when you fall off balance, you just start over. I think that the most effective diet is a lifestyle. When you feel better, you are better, and you'll most likely know that you're onto something good. But if sugar cravings are a thing that continue to plague you, then I've dropped a fat bomb recipe down into the show notes, and it'll be a great treat for you to try. And it doesn't matter if you're keto, it's a good treat all the way around. It's about 88 calories. It's vegan, gluten, and grain-free. and only has five ingredients, and two of those are completely optional that just add to the taste. Um, again, the recipe's in the show notes, so try it out and let us know what you think.
1: I feel pretty excited for my turn today. <laughs> when I went to type in the notes for the rant, I was in the perfect state of mind for writing a rant. Um... So my rant today is people who state information when they are not sure as if they are. It seems like a cultural epidemic. I have, in a professional setting, as well as personal, experienced this often. People make assumptions, communicate incorrect assumptions without getting the facts as if it is true. Questioning this in my professional life has led me to a personal struggle with a lot of unnecessary conflict and backlash. It makes me so frustrated that it's so prevalent. People are not rewarded for trying to figure out what's actually true, um, but rather for being confident even if it's wrong. Uh, It benefits no one and harms a lot of us, and I want to know why we still do it. I feel like you probably experienced the same thing. Oh, yeah. Like constantly people, I'll ask a question and they're like, this is how it is, and I say, "Well,
0: how it's do you know been that?" This way.
1: <laughs> or even like, "How do you know that that's the policy?" And they're like, "Well, I don't know," right. and and they take that as an affront instead of just trying to find out the answer. And direct communication is not an affront, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And and this week, many many times, I experienced backlash from that specifically, of me just like asking normal questions that you would need to know and my job. And people getting like all in a tizzy about me not accepting their first answer Mm
0: -hmm.
1: because they obviously don't know. And it's so simple to say, I Um, don't know. Let me find out. Or you could ask so-and-so.
0: I feel like, I like that you mentioned the word culture because that is exactly how that feels. I feel like, Especially in our field of education, you would think that curiosity would be warranted, but it's not. It's very much, um, it's easier to say this is the answer because this is what we've always done or what I've always been told. Um, And I think a lot of people just like status quo. Like I think that they um, sometimes don't want to seek the information because then that means they'll have to do something differently in their day to day, which in their mind seems like it would be more work. Because they don't really always take into account that really, whatever the true solution is, might even be easier, less redundant, um, more effective, you know, that saves you time in the long run. And I, I think that that that's part of it, is just that unwillingness to not know. And I don't know if that's like an insecurity or a vulnerability that people have that they always want to have the answer, Um
1: rather I wish than I,
0: exploring it. I know? wish
1: I could see it as gracefully as you just said because <laughs> I'm annoyed even thinking about it. Like, because, I mean, people told me things that were flat out wrong that affect very important things. Yeah. And are spreading that information falsely. I mean... And
0: that's would, the part that bothers me is, like, if I ask someone who I... Respect professionally or you know within the school that I think knows You know the the right answer like there's obviously or it is their actual responsibility to know <laughs> Yeah, that. you know who to job. ask and who not to ask at work like there's you know There's just certain people that I go to when I really need like factual information, and it is um, difficult to process when someone of authority tells you to do something and you take that as the right thing to do you know and then you start implementing that practice but then a week or two weeks or a month or five years down the road you end up you know receiving backlash from doing those exact actions that you were told to be correct from the same person sometimes yeah who then gets amnesia that they instructed you
1: to do it that way (laughs) So this is a rant. <laughs> I I really it is, and 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 this week also there's a specific person who it's literally their job to answer that question, and they are wrongfully speaking to their authority and saying so and so said this, and I was like oh, so how long has that been true, and they got all flustered and were annoyed with me and. And it's it was inaccurate. And, and I feel like that person, I've seen that happen a lot. It's not just like that one incident. Sure. And that's why I'm still, like, you can hear my feeling because <laughs> it's, that's, that it hurts every, like, it hurts the person. It hurts the person you're talking to. It hurts the person you're speaking for.
0: Well, it hurts all the people that receive the message too. Because yes. for example, if you tell me something incorrect and then I go implement it in my classroom, then that's what all of my children are hearing. That's what all of their parents are hearing. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's just kind of this domino effect that doesn't really serve anyone because um, I've always been of the mindset that I would like to send out factual information from the get go, because I feel like even though mistakes are okay and we always preach that in education for whatever reason, it seems like when the teacher or the adult or, you know, whatever role you're in in your career is the one to make a mistake that when you try to correct it people then question your reliability you know like did this one mistake you know well what if she messed all of this up or what if this isn't right either kind of mindset and and that is cultural it's it's that we say it's okay to make a mistake but mistakes are unfortunately very frowned upon
1: yeah i mean we we claim that but we don't live it
0: right and then when you do live it
1: you <laughs> it makes waves Mm-hmm. And and the backlash I think is what was frustrating to me. You know, it's annoying enough when somebody gives me wrong information, but it's disheartening. It's hurtful, really, when people get mad at me for trying to seek the correct information.
0: And again, I think too, it's not just that they're telling you wrong information; it's that they're telling you wrong information. Because they don't want to say, I don't know, and then seek the true information. Yes. (laughs) Because, like I said, mistakes are totally fine. I screw up in my classroom all the time and I tell them, oops, I read this word wrong. Oops, I said this and this is really the way it was. You know, like I really try to show like everybody makes mistakes and we can correct them, you know, type of thing. But for whatever reason, you don't seem to see that or experience that from adults.
1: That's so true. And maybe
0: it's because we're in a career where we're used to, like, looking silly sometimes. So yeah. we, we have to eat our words a lot or we have to, like, you know, change things on a second's notice.
1: And you have 22 um, <laughs> mistake checkers yeah. in front of you all day yeah. long. Like, oh, Ooh, you, you pronounced f- that incorrectly, Miss Lombardo.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, you said that this happened. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I did say that. Let's change that. I made a mistake kind of thing. Yeah. But then when you hear adults talk, it's like, oh, no, I know how this goes. No, I know this. This is the answer. Like, And and I just think that if we all gave ourselves a little more permission, if you will, to just say, oh, that's a good question. I don't know. But, you know, maybe try asking whomever down the hall. You know what I mean? I feel like it's this, um, it's a negative thing to not know the answer, Mm -hmm. especially in our field. And many, many others have experienced that before. But um, I think that maybe we just need to realize that we're just human and we're all trained in our fields, but no one knows everything. Yeah. But the part (laughs) to turn that around, the part that's really frustrating for me that that is, It's also offensive to people when you ask questions. Yes. (laughs) So it's like, okay, well, right now we're swimming in this pool of unknown because we're all on this seesaw of don't ask the question. They're not going to like that. Or I have to have an answer because that's the way it is, you know? And I think that we have to understand that you shouldn't be offended when someone's asking you a question. It doesn't mean they're challenging what you've said or your opinion but even for me, like, I'm a very inquisitive person. I need to know all the details, and I want to know all the facts. And if it doesn't make sense to my brain, I just can't get on board with it. So when I'm asking questions, a lot of people do get frustrated with that and they're, because they feel like I'm challenging them sometimes mm-hmm. when really it's I just want to understand, yep. you know?
1: Well, and it, I think, though, it does, to be fair, because I've been on the receiving end of being questioned and realizing oh, I don't have a good reason, you know? Yeah. And, and I think you have to be okay with that to mm-hmm. be like, well, I don't know, and I don't know that I have a good reason. And that's, it. But I really like that you brought up saying that's a good question. It's kind of like there's this little cartoon I've seen going around a lot that says instead of saying, I'm sorry for complaining, say thank you for listening. And I like that turn of phrase of saying that's a good question. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I say that to my students when I know that I'm not going to tell them how to look it up. I'm not going to, because it's a distraction, but I just say, that's a good question. Now onto this, you know, just enough to acknowledge it. But that may not be your priority at the moment.
0: Yeah. But, and I even think with friendships, you know, that's a good question or that's a good statement, you know, helps you um, encourage people to continue to come to you if they have things that they want to ask, because it's also, You know, in honor that people come to ask you questions because that means they respect your input, or I feel like it implies that. So if I just say, I don't know, then I think that they're more likely to come back and seek information from me or whomever in the future than yeah. if I just continuously make up fake things Absolutely. <laughs> and tell them the wrong answers, it, you know, absolutely. like I, I don't know. have a problem saying, I don't know, let's check into that together. Maybe it's something I need to know too, or, you know, I'll say, oh, that's a good question. Let's look that up, which yeah. usually, and that's a little bit annoying for my personality type, but I am happy to help. But usually when people ask me things, it's something that they could kind of figure out on their own. But Maybe they just need help doing that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But that does happen frequently. And so I do try to be, you know, helpful because usually it's information I'll use down the road as well.
1: And that's a good reminder for me to, when I ask a question, mention, I'm asking you because I value your input. Right. Right. Just add that to make it a little less. Because I can say it's not an affront, but if that's what culture feels like, I can't like flip somebody's switch sure. just because I need information from them.
0: And I wish that was a switch that we could flip because I don't know at what point, you know. And we've even said that in this conversation here. With younger children, we encourage curiosity, and we, you know, we want them to ask questions and we want them to be interested in things but then for i'm not sure at what point in your life that becomes a no-no so to speak like yeah it it becomes your defiant which is funny because i've definitely had students who have asked questions that were strictly defiant questions and those i usually ignore but overall you know as an adult it seems especially in our career and um i know others of you experience this too seem to be um. yeah, like, you're just being difficult. You're just being hard to work with. You, yeah. You're you making it harder than it has to be, all because you're just asking questions. And there, you know when you're doing that. Like, sometimes you are just being a jerk, and you're just trying to be, you know, hard to deal with. But I would say 99% of the time, that's not what people are trying to do. Yes. And so if we could all get on the same page, it's like kind of like Norm's in a meeting. Like, if we could yes. get on the same page and you know, assume good intent or, you know, whatever the little phrases that you have as your norms that hopefully that part could dissolve eventually, you know, like working through that, like, okay, Shaylin's personality is she's going to ask a thousand questions and she's going to want every detail. (laughs) And once we have that on the table, then you can know how to work with me in that way. Whereas I know that like you're similar in that regard, but I also know that you are a little more, um, go with the flow than I am so I know that we know how to work with that but when you're in a large team of people it's hard to you know adhere not only to your team norms but each person's norms because you are individual people that have individual needs and question asking should be a welcomed need not Mm -hmm. (laughs) something that you get in trouble for yeah
1: (laughs) totally I totally agree that's a good rant. <laughs> it is. I was
0: ready for it today. <laughs> I didn't realize I was going to be so ranty about that. <laughs> it's an easy one. But yeah, it does. And it does get you kind of fired up because you think, all right, what's, like, what's going on? So, well, that's perfect. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we just had a big rant and now we are going to take you into our Do It Better section, which is going to be about physical exercise. And whenever I leave one of those meetings that we literally just talked about, I will you know, take a walk around the school or take a walk outside. And um, I think everybody knows by now that physical exercise in any way is a great way to relieve stress. And it's not to say that you need a gym. Um, And it definitely, of course, depends on where you live and work. But, you know, even walking around on my lunch break and getting some fresh air and taking a few breaths like we talked about last time. Um, is a great reset midday and I think it just kind of helps me get through the afternoon with a totally fresh slate Mm -hmm. Um, and I personally like love going to the gym Um, I've even come up with ways to like wear my workout clothes to school in like a professional way (laughs) because that means like I am committed all I have to do is change my tennis shoes and I am out the door to the gym the gym is right by where I work so I really have no excuse not to go especially now that some of the resolutioners are fading out and it's not quite so overwhelming to be there. Um, But it makes it hard if you go after school or after work, it seems for me, because so many things pop up in the afternoon that you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know I was going to have to have this meeting, or oh my gosh, I didn't know that this was going to happen, and now I have to do this. And it just kind of uh, makes it easy for the gym to be what you say, well, that's going to have to happen tomorrow kind of thing. But when I'm wearing the clothes and I'm like, no, we got to do this in 20 minutes. I got it places to be, you know? Um, but yeah, it, it does help if you squeeze it in during the day, because then if you do have to miss like your real workout in the afternoon, then you kind of feel like, well, at least I got that little bit of walking at lunch. Yeah. And you still have the clearer head, and overall, hopefully, you're feeling less stressed.
1: Yes. And I like to walk laps while the kids are playing at recess. or Yeah, that's a good idea. Even uh, on my planning, I might.
0: When we get to go out, it seems like it's been raining for oh, a month.
1: I know. <laughs> or even like if I um, show a video to them that they're supposed to do. I'll, like, do some of it with them. Right. Or if I have five minutes, I might do, like, ten squats and ten push-ups or a couple of yoga moves or um anything I can squeeze in is helpful for the mindset <clears throat> shift, I feel.
0: On top of, like, continuously dousing myself in essential oils. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so walking outside has been really beneficial to me. Uh, yeah, somebody that I sure. used to work with would always... Uh, send me outside (laughs) when I was uh, a student teacher she'd be like it's time for you to go take a few laps (laughs) I was like okay (laughs) um, I do
0: need a timeout. you're right
1: (laughs) (laughs) she was like you'll feel better and it'll be fine and so fresh air walking and yoga are pretty much my favorite exercises when I'm stressed Mm -hmm. you know every once in a while I'll go to the gym and just like be like angry and get a workout that's really positive in that way but when I'm like anxious or stressed in, like, a non-angry way, mm-hmm. like, fragile feeling, walking and yoga with Adrian is my favorite YouTube channel ever. She's...
0: Math, those are awesome.
1: I love that it's private with <clears throat> because when I'm feeling fragile, I don't want anyone else to be there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she's very affirming. Like, she doesn't make me feel like I suck at yoga or I'm too fat to do yoga or any. Like, she's just very, <laughs> like, welcome. Is there such a thing? No, but that's how I get in my brain
0: sometimes. Oh. And then... um. I I mean, not all of us can put our legs behind our head and roll around like an egg or stand on (laughs) our head or, you know. Yeah. The headstand was my goal for years and I completely failed at it every time, so... (laughs) I've accepted that that's not part of my yoga routine. Yeah,
1: and I was talk- I was talking. I've never
0: tried. So. <laughs> I um, try it when someone's present, <laughs> not safer. when
1: you're home alone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have aspirations for headstands, but um, yeah. But another thing is, I was talking to a friend about when you're trying to eat healthy how many social settings are centered on food.
0: Oh, a lot in our country. Yeah, and so... Maybe every country, I don't know.
1: I've been trying to, when people say, you want to meet for coffee, you want to meet for lunch, say, you want to meet for a walk at the park instead.
0: <laughs> They're like, what? <laughs> and people are usually positive. Yeah.
1: There. And we meet at like a... It's just, just so a, foreign, you know, but yeah, it's nice, yeah. Just a rec park, and we'll just walk laps around wherever we are and talk, and <sighs> that's been a really beneficial thing for me because it, you're not spending money. Yeah. You're not, you know consuming things that you're trying to avoid um you get to socialize and it makes the walking and fresh air feel a little more uh I don't know less like work
0: yeah I think the time of year has a lot to do with it too I feel like you know living in a state where we have four seasons well mostly four seasons um it's really easy to get in that funk like when it's cold out you know you don't want to go outside and work and even when I go to the gym if I'm sweating I'm like oh, I don't want to put my nice jacket back on top of my sweatiness. Yeah. But then you also walk out into the cold air, and you're like, oh, gosh. And it mm-hmm. just makes you not want to do it all over again tomorrow. Um, but outside's harder, too, when it's freezing. So yeah. I think whatever works for whoever is kind of the point is, yes. you know, <laughs> do what you're going to do. Yeah. So whatever you can stick with, And it.
1: I And I discovered that I actually really enjoy walking in the rain. Oh. Um how romantic. People don't, people aren't there, right. and I'll, like, put my little rain hood on and my little umbrella and, like, walk around and get wet, and I enjoy it, <laughs> like I said, so, and I avoided it for so long, and then one day I was like, I just feel like it, I'm gonna try it, and now I, like, seek to do it when yeah. it's raining. I so can't imagine you in one find of those little
0: hats yeah. that has an umbrella on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that popped into my head, but that was like the first image that I got when you were like rain walking. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so basically the message is anything that you'll stick with and do is what... Um, and nothing's too try. try. Yeah, yeah, no. Anytime your heart rate's up, it's good stuff. And um, I know we talked about a little bit this last time, but you know, sometimes if your mental health isn't right, then your physical health isn't actually as important. And I think we're really guilty and maybe as women and and men who knows um, when we get like body figure obsessed that we prioritize our physical health over our mental health. But a lot of times if you're physically stressed, like you're working out too much or, you know, you're not eating well, then your mental health struggles with that too. Um, So I know it seems a little juvenile, but even with my kids at school, I do those cosmic kids' den, like, yoga with Jamie. all the time. And I was actually even going to say that even as an adult, like, if you haven't really gotten to a good place in your meditation practice or maybe you're interested in starting, um, (laughs) that's a really good place to start. I do them on my own time. She does, yeah. She'll do guided yoga for you. It's like six minutes or guided meditation, about six or eight minutes, and she just kind of takes you through the whole thing, and there's obviously a lot of places online where you can find... You know, free guided meditations if you're not quite ready to sit on your own. Um, But that, I feel like that's what you're doing when you're fresh air walking too. Like you don't really think of it as a meditation because you're not, you know, sitting crisscross applesauce with your hands up. (laughs) She has
1: an episode (laughs) where she talks about mindful walking. Yeah, it's
0: not. You don't have to be in a chair on the floor or even perfectly still. I don't feel like. No, I think maybe research would say otherwise, but I do think that as long as you're tapped into yourself. And you are letting go of those stressors. Mm-hmm. That That's meditation. And I think if you're fresh air walking or you're doing your push-ups or whatever, and your mind is where it needs to be, that that's really where that relaxation piece comes in.
1: Yeah, and I think that, that sometimes the physical exertion can match where you are mentally, like I mentioned. Sometimes I'll go to the gym straight from work when I am angry. Yeah. And I'll have a really good, like...
0: I'm going to pump this out. Yeah, and I'll have yeah.
1: a very, like, high cardio, like... I'll jump and get it out, and that feels great, and another time, you know I might feel fragile and need to like go sit in a quiet room mm-hmm. and like just breathe, you know,
0: yeah, and that's why I feel like the the mental connection to your physical self is really um more correlated than I think people give credit to because really all you ever hear about is eat right, work out, life's good, you know, but really, if that mental piece isn't there, well, it's always there, but if it's not addressed then the physical part doesn't always come very easily. Like, for example, if I'm feeling sad or kind of bummed out, like, I don't want to go work out. I don't Mm -hmm. have that energy, you know? Mm -hmm. Or if I haven't slept well, then I'm not feeling like I want to go to a hardcore 60-minute kill-yourself class, you know? Um, It might just be more of a, like, body exercise Yoga type flow exercise, or walk, yeah, or yeah. walk, or just skip it all together and walk outside, like you said, or something like yeah. that. I don't think that there's a definition of a successful workout or a successful practice that helps your mental health. Um, that you know, you can just say this and this. Like, I think it's whatever works for just the person. Same
1: thing you were talking about with the diet trashing. It's like we yeah. want to stick to a certain formula,
0: and it's like you have, you have to, to, to do it this way. Respond or to your it's your okay? Yeah, you know. And I think that's true. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, that makes me feel good. <laughs>
1: I like that. I like that section
0: today. Yeah, I do too. Um, and so now we're going to talk about our, our section of we're into this. And I think that that's always exciting because I know you and I explore a lot with different products and trying different stuff out.
1: And we don't always talk about it beforehand, so I'm really excited <laughs> to hear about this one. <laughs> like, what is that?
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so I love Eminence products, and I've been a fan of theirs for a long time. I have used, like, their Hot Greens mask. um, That's really good for any type of inflamed or sensitive skin. And I've used a lot of their, like, daily moisturizers and some of their body products, too. But usually, like, facial products or um, sunscreen. And so, every day, I use their Tropical Vanilla, um, Mm. like, face sunscreen. It's 32 SPF for my fair complexion. I use it religiously. Too, <laughs> Preventing wrinkles. Time. I don't know if it's working, but we're given in a whirl. <laughs> but most recently I decided, you know, like I'm, well, first of all, I'm really trying to get out of wasting stuff and I like travel friendly things and there's only so much that you can put, you know, in your clear bag to get through security. Um, So this I thought I would try. I had tried the Strawberry Rhubarb Dermafoliant, and I really loved it, but it was just a little too much for my sensitive skin to use it on a daily basis. And then um, I tried the Stone Crop Oxygenating physiofoliant, And it's a dry powder that you just put in your hand, however much you want to use. Obviously, the more you use, the more gritties you get, you know. So I just put that in my hand, wet hands. And then you... Just kind of rub it together and it works into a foam, but it still keeps that exfoliant property. And then you put it on a dry face, which Ooh. feels really strange the first time. Um, it's kind of like when you get a facial, they do a bunch of weird stuff to your skin in a different order than you would do it yourself. So it takes like this mental adjustment to like, <laughs> no, you're like face wash is supposed to be wet, you know, <laughs> but your hands are wet. You work up this lather and then you roll, you know, rub it in circular circular motions on your skin and You can really feel it getting in there, but it's not abrasive. Um, And then when you rinse it off, it's just so smooth and, Mm. like, you can feel the tightness in your skin, but not in, like, an overly stripping way. Um, Again, it's a natural product, um, but, yeah, it's just awesome. And it's not super cheap. I'll go ahead and admit that, but, you know, we're talking here on teacher salaries, so it's obviously not that expensive either. I think it's about 50 bucks, which is a lot for a face something but I kind of look at it as almost like a toner an exfoliator and a wash because I don't really have to do anything after it um and it comes in a huge container and again since it's dry you're just sprinkling a little bit in your hand and then you know doing a wash with it Um, but it does last a really long time and they're obviously going to be a little more expensive because they're plant-based and they don't have a bunch of crap in them um but ultimately, they're effective and... It's worth not getting cancer <laughs> Exact face wash. Not filled with carcinogens yeah. um, or unknown carcinogens either, yeah. so that's yeah. always nice. But this whole line of Eminence um, products has a huge spectrum of products for all skin types and needs, so I'm sure you could find something um, there that you would love. But that sounds nice. You might already have something.
1: It's so funny that that's what you talked about because I was going to talk about dry brushing, mm-hmm. <laughs> I <love laughs> which dry I got brushing. from you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm obsessed. Am with I where that? I, I'm. You sure that? Well, I'd heard of it before and oh, okay. I wanted to do it, and then you talked about it again, and then I finally bought one. Yeah, I love it. Oh my gosh! So, I saw it on Instagram too, and I would see these like people with pictures and i wanted to do it so badly well i I bought one and now it's like my favorite thing so it's really long and i can reach my back with it Mm -hmm. and it is so therapeutic like i do it before i get in the shower uh and it gives me i didn't know that this was correlated until i started reading the research about it yeah but sometimes my knees hurt and sometimes my hip hurts because my uh legs are different lengths and it relieves that what yes If I do it every day for like two weeks, I can feel a difference. Not like right then. Sure. And I read that that's part of the benefits of doing it. But also, Uh, it makes my skin feel so good in the shower afterwards. And a lot of times, whenever I'm going to take the time to dry brush... Then when I get in the shower, I'm like, ooh, I'm going to use my sugar scrub, too. (laughs) So then my skin is like... On fire? No, Uh no, no, it's so soft. (laughs) Because you rubbed it all off? (laughs) (laughs) No, because I think I let it pile up, too. So it's not Uh like I do it every day. Um, I do it when I'm feeling like I need... Kind of what I was saying where I sit in a room quiet. Like, I'll do it when I'm feeling kind of like, okay, I need to take care of myself right now. And so it doesn't... um, I don't use the scrub on, like, the softer parts, like, where I shave. I'll use the scrub on, like, my knees and my elbows and...
0: Yeah. <laughs> or, like, my arms where I don't shave. <laughs> Listener tip, I don't think you should scrub soft parts where you shave anyway. <laughs> but, yeah. you do you. <laughs> uh, Wait, yeah. you don't do the
1: dry brush on your... where you shave?
0: Well, you said softer parts. I thought you meant, like... Oh, <laughs> Sorry, I was like, well, I don't think I I use this this double exfoliating.
1: (laughs) No, I do not use sugar scrubs on my lady parts. No,
0: okay. Okay. Or your armpits. I just wanted to say that because I know that sometimes we, especially women, we're like, we're going to exfoliate this whole layer of skin off. And before you know it, you really have. So just to those out there, even when I dry brush, I just kind of cut over my boob, I guess you could say. I don't actually, you know, brush my armpits because my armpits are super sensitive So I'm just really careful to not get those. This is
1: a personality difference because there's no way I will ever overscrub. Okay. (laughs) Like I will never, I like don't do it enough probably. You'd be like, that's all you do? okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I guess the daily, a daily brush. So like for example, if I'm not going to shower that day, which that sounds weird, but hopefully there's more people out there that don't shower every single day. It's not good for your skin, especially in the winter. But if you are, Yeah. (laughs) If you dry brush, you know you're supposed to do it in the flow from your feet toward your heart. Yes. And in the beginning, I wasn't really following any sort of pattern. I was just making sure I got all my spots, you know. And then once I started like doing the actual flow, like toward your heart, it's so relaxing. It's almost like a little that's what I was routine. Gonna... Yeah, it is. But I yeah never 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 brush your armpits unless you have like really tough (laughs) armpits that is a tip i'll share with you because yeah and plus i use natural deodorant which sometimes has baking soda in it so maybe that's why the combination is too much like grit on top of grit i don't know it wouldn't even occur to me to put it but ouch yeah so um in case you're trying it don't try
1: that (laughs) i definitely don't do it every day um but the thing i really like about it is when I do do it, I'm slowing down and I feel like I'm really, like, checking in with myself. And it's a really good overall, like, resetting into being yeah. aware of what
0: I'm doing. Well, you have to be really engaged yeah. when you're doing it because you're, like, making sure that you're, you know, equally stroking all the parts of your body.
1: And you're, like, paying attention to, like, okay, how am I feeling? How am, like, you know, it's just, just really a good self-aware thing that I like. Yeah. And then my last little into this week are our acacia, our acacia, we were just talking
0: about, we're not sure how to pronounce it. I was like, how are you going to say that? Those essential
1: oils, um... I love that brand. I love following their Instagram. I love everything visual about them. They're pretty accessible. I've seen them in a lot of places. But right now, my favorite mix is vanilla and tangerine.
0: Mm. I love Vanilla is together. so calming. And then they say citruses are the ones that kind of perk you up and give you energy. I like those two together. It's very... I like that brand. They also have like um, the roll-ons that are already pre-mixed with the carrier oil. Mm-hmm. So you can just rub them right on your wrists. Um... I use diffusers more. That's why I like it. Yeah, yeah. I do that at home too. But I like the rollers because you can travel with them really easily and you oh, can just yeah. pop them in your bag. Okay. Um, They're more like rescue rollers. I, <laughs> I have one that's chill pill. And then I have another one that's frankincense. And I actually just tried this frankincense because it was so affordable and that's usually a really expensive oil. Um, But I kind of just put it um where all my lymph nodes are because frankincense has properties that are known to um prevent illness in certain people and places. Um, so I thought cool, if these don't leak, they're easy to toss in your bag, you can take them on a trip. Um, and I like to just take them to school and kind of leave them on the counter. Um away from the children of course. <laughs> Put that tidbit in there. I don't want to get any hate messages about how they can be toxic to children.
1: Yes, when you pour it directly <laughs> onto their mouth, because yeah. that's what we do. Yeah,
0: I let them wear it as job sick. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, obviously, that's for adult use. However, diffusing I think helps a ton. I think kids can totally benefit from essential oils as well. We actually just had a sensory training about that. Cool. I know it was very cool. Yeah. Um oh one more thing about your dry brushing though is I think there's a misconception that dry brushes are really expensive but they are not. You can get them for under 10 bucks on Amazon or a local health store and I found mine at TJ Maxx. Yeah. Like I'm... it's going to be easy to find. All right. On to a media outlet that provides some ideas for us recently. <clears throat> I think this kind of goes with the whole question thing we were talking about earlier, but we are huge fans of the Art of Charm podcast, and they most recently had a Seven Signs of Toxic People um, episode, and it was actually multiple parts, but I just could not get enough. They were really long episodes, but I was traveling, and I listened to every part of it. And while listening, I was just kind of evaluating the people that I have in my life, why they're in my life, and whether it would be better or worse. Um, it being my life without them in it. And, um, thankfully I don't have a lot of toxic people in my life, but it was just a really reflective time. Um, cause I was in the car by myself, you know, and I was just listening to this and I love how they emphasize the fact, and we kind of touched on this in our last episode that, um, a toxic person isn't one who just acts in such a way one day or a week, you know, just like, that's just a bad time, you know, like they're bad having day. a bad day or a bad week sometimes. But rather, they're consistently acting in these toxic ways over time. And as I listened, um, I actually realized sometimes that I'm some of these things because I do have a lot of opinions and a strong personality. But I would hope that I'm not consistently like that over time. Yeah. Um, and I like that they also shared not to beat yourself up over having toxic people in your life. And I know that's hard, especially when you're on the... Like the a down part of a relationship so to speak when you're feeling like things aren't so awesome you might criticize yourself for allowing those toxic people to stay in your life but um they made the point that odds are they were good for you at one time and Mm. you all just grown in different directions so it's not necessarily that they've always been bad for you or they've always been um toxic for you yeah but it was just a great episode for good self-reflection i had a two-hour drive each way and i was just like leaning in so to speak yeah. of you know how this content was relevant to work and personal life and friendships and you know all these different types of relationships you have in your life i think a lot of people see the word relationship and think intimate partner but really it's relationship happens with everyone that's important in your life and it can be with family or friends or or an intimate partner or people that you work with because you're with those people so much yeah and it's important to evaluate what you're contributing to a relationship and also, you know, what you're getting from the people that you're contributing to.
1: And that you're intentional about who you're choosing to engage with, especially at work. Like it doesn't just happen to you. Like you're choosing who you spend extra time talking to.
0: You're choosing
1: who you spend extra time working with and realizing that you have a say, you know? Yeah.
0: And I, I think that that's important because I don't, I think that maybe we're not good. And I say we humans in general, i I hope that in my happy thoughts that we're all forgiving, you know, but I know we aren't, but in this world that I'm pretending right now that we're all, (laughs) we're forgiving and like we're understanding. And I think that sometimes when you are trying to be what we would quote, call a good person that you could end up letting toxic people take advantage of your efforts to maintain a relationship or be kind or be considerate. And that's, that's important that you don't get taken advantage of, but that you also don't lose your, you know, kind spirit just because a toxic person is constantly, you know, draining it from you. And, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know where that balance has to come in. Um, I do see it at work a lot. Like if, if someone's really toxic, it's just amazing to me how when you stop giving attention to those toxic people, whether it's at work in meetings or personal life in general, you know, when you don't feed into that desire that they have, it's amazing to see how their desire fades to mm-hmm. still do those things. Because in my experience, at least, the toxic people who I could identify in my past never seemed as interested in doing all of those types of toxic things when the audience wasn't receptive to it. Mm.
1: That's, that's a good thing for me to... Chew on this week.
0: (laughs) If you feed into it, you know, it's almost like a misbehaving child. Like, if you, you know, feed into that misbehavior, they often think, oh, yeah, I'm getting that attention. It's attention seeking. And I think a lot of the toxicity um, comes from people who aren't happy within themselves. And it's not serving them for you to allow them to be toxic. You know what I
1: mean? Like what we were saying before. Two way street. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure.
0: So, if you um, are a podcast listener, in addition to us, of course, um, definitely check them out. They have so much good content, and they are constantly sharing things that make you want to be a better person.
1: Yeah, and it's... I feel like it's functional.
0: It's yeah. so functional.
1: Like, it's like, everyone needs to hear this kind of thing. It is.
0: It's very applicable, and right when you're done listening, you're like, okay, my brain is on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, check them out. Um. Well, last time, I guess we could say that we were talking about the process being more important than the product, and these are just some thoughts we have around the we were just thinking section now, Um, and I thought about the book Present Over Perfect, and I think I mentioned it last time, but this book was such a great help in realizing that you have to be present and enjoy the now, but also know that your life is a journey, and it's a process in itself, and it can't be something that you constantly wait um, to enjoy until it's perfect. And I am so guilty of that. I love perfect things that fit in boxes that are either, you know, black or white. (laughs) So I deal with this type of stuff all the time. But that's also, and I know this, that's how we wake up at 90 and we're still equally unfulfilled. Yeah, the concepts
1: in Present Over Perfect were life-changing for me. That book changed my life. So the quest for perfection specifically was leading me to some really dark places. And as I figured out in therapy led me to some really ridiculous rigid and harmful rules that made no sense when you said them out loud. For example, this is just a microcosm into me (laughs) (laughs) that I feel comfortable sharing. Um, I was so obsessed. Take notes, people. (laughs) I was so obsessed with the time I go to sleep and needing a certain amount of hours straight that I ruined my whole sleep schedule all the time with anxious worry if it wasn't precise, which it never is. So what we were talking about before with like a perfect workout or a diet, yeah. I was doing that with my sleep cycle. I mean, to to ridiculous degree as far as the precision I was expecting. And my therapist was so stunned because the next week I was like, yeah, I slept great all week. And he's like, just because you thought you had to sleep, da-da-da-da-da. Like, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. So it's that all-or-nothing mindset that comes with perfectionism that is such a self-destructive lie. It ties to my rant, too. There's no point in pretending to be perfect because none of us are. And any time people do, they stunt their own growth and sometimes others as well. It's a vicious, unnecessary cycle that we can all be a part of ending. Admitting what we don't know, giving up on unrealistic expectations of ourselves is Hashtag so...
0: for real. <laughs> it's
1: so liberating. Like, oh my gosh. The process of doing that has... I have so much peace, so much joy. I would have never believed I could feel this good every day consistently, even two years ago. I did this with my looks and my weight, my finances, my career goals, my spiritual life, my relationships, keeping my home clean and decorated, the classroom clean and decorated. Basically, anywhere I could let go of perfectionism, I have been, and ironically, I'm so much better at all those things than I was before. And mainly, I enjoy my life more, dramatically so, because I no longer feel like I'm falling short everywhere I look.
0: Yeah, which ties into the toxicity, too, because all of those thoughts are toxic to yourself. You know what I mean? Toxic to your personal growth. And that goes along, too, with what we talked about last time as well, the, you know, doing what matters, you know, doing less, better. And I posted on Instagram, if you follow us on Instagram, um, the the not-to-do list. I love that. (laughs) I love that because at the very beginning, you just kind of vomit all the things that are on your plate. And for me, being a boxes person, I love marking out and putting it in another box of whose responsibility that really is. Or it, it also even helps me prioritize the things that aren't my priority. <laughs> like if they're not my priorities, then at least if I'm going to do them, I know which ones to pay the most attention to. Yeah.
1: I brain dump um, in my planner that way. Yeah. Ever since I saw you do that. I'm not a box person, but I'll brain dump everything I'm thinking I need to do yeah. and realize there's like 10 things that I don't ever have to do. Mark it know, mark them out. out like, mark it no, out. No, you're not doing
0: that. Line. Which already <laughs> Starts you off so successful because you're like, dang! I just did ten things that I yeah. didn't even need to do at all, yeah. and I haven't even started on my list yet. Yeah. So that's yeah. awesome. It is. I think, and that's you know goes back to the like single tasking tasking, and being more me uh, more productive and effective without all the hoopla.
1: Yeah, for sure. I feel like. Yeah.
0: This whole thing of multitaskers and even on job postings and interviews and, you know, they put all this emphasis on, we're looking for a multitasker that can do 1,100 things in 25 minutes with 46 disruptions. And that's scientifically impossible. I know. Like no one is a good multitasker. And with home tours and things that you can do on autopilot, sure. But any anytime that you're engaging in more than like one or two things that you're good at, something, even though it's getting done, It's still not getting done to the best of your ability. Yes. So it just kind of depends on what your gauge of good is, maybe, um, that I think if you work on priority things, that you get them done better, especially if you have, like, a single focus. Yeah, and
1: I don't think any of us are at risk of... Like, if there's a spectrum of, like, doing too many things and doing few things, I don't think any American is on the do too few. I mean, we multitask sure. so constantly that nothing gets done really. Right. You know, and and the practice of single tasking, focusing on one thing at a time is f- so freeing and it increases the quality of everything you do. The yeah. joy that comes from it cannot be overstated.
0: Well, and speaking of joy, I feel like the joy of saying no is like the most joyful feeling. <laughs> we talked about that last time, but when it comes to this list, When you're marking things out, you are saying no. You know, you're saying that's not important, not worried about that. And when I draw a line through it, I truly try to never think about it again. Um, And that's kind of why visibly the strike through reminds me that this is not something that I need to give thought space to. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of where it's helped me, you know, say no to this so I can say yes to this without... Um, overextending myself to where I resent that I said, yes, I would do it. Mm -hmm. And um, that's kind of just a challenge that I have uh, for you guys this week. I was going to say too, is, you know, say no to two things this week, just two little things this week that you would normally unhappily obligate yourself to do. Um, And just kind of see how that feels because I think gradually as you say no, it gets easier and you become more confident in saying no Um, so that you can say yes to things that really matter to you. And sometimes you don't have to verbally say, yes, I will do this. But anytime you're saying no and you're saving that time, that's giving you time to say yes to things that you do enjoy. And I
1: just want to say, give yourself grace to not be great at it.
0: Yeah. No. And even if it's little things, like normally I eat lunch in the whole group, like if you need a break, then just stay in your room or stay in your office that day and, you know, take that for yourself. mm -hmm. Little stuff that's, and we're not talking like say no so you can be lazy. Like that's not the point. It's if you need to be lazy, then sure. That's self care. I feel like every now and then you just need a couch day, you know? Yeah. But yeah, say no to two things that you would normally unhappily oblige yourself to and Um, just see how that feels and see if you can get more comfortable with it.
1: Yeah. And, uh, something my therapist really helped me with in that regard was you don't have to be good at it to start with. He was like, you're going to, you're going to be too abrasive one time. You might present
0: over perfect. Yeah. He was (laughs) like, you might be too abrasive
1: one time. The next time you might say it's too nicely and then they won't listen to you. And he was like, you got to keep trying it. So, and we mentioned last week, um, Finding a therapist that works for you. we were kind of joking around like... It's about dating. It's like dating.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) you got to find the right one. And I I still stand by that for sure. Yeah.
1: But we just want to make sure like... That's that's something that... Therapy changed my life. Amen. And it took me years. And different ones helped me with different things to find people that were good fits. I tried a lot of therapists. I
0: got really lucky. I only went to like four within like the span of two months. And then I found... My soulmate counselor and I, I don't I don't I'm laughing I don't know why it's not funny I feel like it's true like yeah. he and I just click you like need a good fit when it's time for me to walk in there I can just pour it all out and I feel like he knows me and he gets me and I think there's a lot of stigma around counseling Um, and hopefully we're getting better at that I don't I know sure that we are so. but I hope yeah. we are and. You know, if you, you can be in an intimate relationship, have a great family, have great friendships, and still have heavy things in your heart that you don't want to discuss with those people. And it doesn't mean that you don't love those people. It doesn't mean that you don't trust those people, but there is just something powerful about having an extra person in your life that will hear you out, not judge you. You don't have to fear judgment for from them and furthermore, be able to give you some experienced advice because more than likely anything that you share with them, they've probably experienced before with someone else. And it kind of gives you this feeling of an inclusive environment that other people sometimes are going through the same things that you're going through. And, um, you also, I've, I've never really looked at it like this, but I also think that sometimes when you choose someone like that, you're really taking the burden off not that the people that love you feel like it's a burden, but you know, sometimes you just get stuck on things and it's like all you can focus on. So that can drain a personal relationship, you know, and I think having that other person kind of, um, provides a respite to those more intimate relationships because it's not something that you always want to talk about with them anymore. And it's not something that, you know, occupies your thoughts as much. Yeah. So And for an active brain,
1: I feel like especially
0: active brains uh, are, <laughs> There's two active brains
1: um, well, I'm not, like, <laughs> right any, here. Anyone with an active brain, I think, definitely may give cause for our close friends to need respite. Yeah. <laughs> like, because,
0: I'm always thinking. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, you hear like us like right, right now. Like, like, we're like this all the time. Yeah. But, yeah, we, we do have busy brains, and I'm so thankful for that. If I had a boring brain, I think I would have such a boring life. But... <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I have a very active brain and I feel exhausted. So yeah, it kind of well, goes the, well, when goes that direction. It's definitely, it's hard. Yeah. So the point of that is, you know, mental health is very important and we're all going through something at some time. Yes. And we just wanted to make sure that we said that from experience, we know that it's helpful. And if you're experiencing you know, anything that you're not comfortable with sharing for other people, please don't think about finding a counselor or finding some sort of help as something that's a weakness because truthfully, I can't think of, you know, I mean, I can think of a lot of things that are more brave, but it's super brave to like go in and sit in front of a stranger and build a relationship and share your innermost feelings with them. Um, and I think that if you do that, it may not happen, you know, first time, but it's it's gonna feel great and you're going to not regret and taking don't, that step.
1: Don't like don't give up if the first one doesn't work. they no. they're all people. Like just like you find friends, like it's hard yeah, to sometimes find a you're like
0: that you feel comfortable with. That lady was a jerk. Or, or even yeah, or even her <laughs> your schedules don't work. Yes. You know? So much stuff. So just be patient. It, it is like dating in that regard. Like it's, it's not always, you know, it's not one prince or princess it's charming yeah. <laughs> the first meeting, but do hang in there. And, and even if you tell your story to a few, four, five, nine, 20 people, that part is exhausting. So know that that's part of the process, but also know that every time that you share what's going on in your life, that's still an outlet. And that person's probably still going to give you some really helpful advice to get yeah. you through until you see the next person. Yeah, for sure. So
1: we got to talk about
0: that. All right. well, This is a great day today. I know. Thanks so much for your support and kind comments as we get the hang of the podcast thing. It's been so much fun for us. You can follow us on Instagram too. Um, I think we post interesting stuff that's very random i love our instagram (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and be sure to tell a friend about us please um we're trying to get the word out and like follow and comment us on instagram we'd love to hear from you and thanks to anchor for allowing us to create and distribute for free and also for helping us get on other platforms now speaking
1: of which you can now listen to us on pocket casts stitcher apple podcasts spotify Google Podcast and Overcast with more to come soon. And thanks to Adcock for signing on as a monthly supporter. Yay! Please don't forget to favorite our podcast, like, and comment in the platform that you listen to us in.
0: So, yeah, we know that you are obviously listening to us here because this is what we shared with you. But if you already have some other apps that we mentioned downloaded or you know that your friends listen on other platforms, then that's just an easier way for them to find us. And they all work a little different. But if you subscribe or favorite us, um, you'll get a reminder whenever we post new content. And remember, we're trying to do that every other week. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's our goal. And thanks, thanks for, for listening. Until, until next time, time, be authentically you with without apology. apology.